Welcome back to Defeat the Darkness. This is Vivian L. Miller, and I'm here with CJ Jones. And we're going to be talking, we're going to let the Holy Spirit lead today. Um, you know what, Cheryl, I, we completely forgot to pray over this. Oh, goodness, we sure did. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that it be all of you and none of us. Speak to our vocal cords, think to our mind, lead us in the direction you would have us to go. Satan, you are bound, and all of you. All the the um, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. Every assignment is canceled. You are bound and loose from your assignments. Angels, living God, minister to those who are listening, so that they hear what they need to hear. Holy Spirit, direct us and guide us through this podcast. May it be a blessing to everyone who hears it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, we forgot to do that, but I guess that was the Lord's plan <laughs> to make sure that people <laughs> knew how to do that. That's right. Because there may be people listening who have never spent the time or never been taught how to pray effectively to get results. Because mm-hmm. I've said it before many times, I'm all about results. That's right. So we were talking before the podcast about the scriptures that talk about wars and rumors of wars took Mm -hmm. me a little bit to find it because I forgot that the old Testament or the King James spells rumors differently than we do. (laughs) And so I kept trying to search and I couldn't find, I couldn't find the scripture I was looking for. And finally the, the, the Holy Spirit just quickened me to put in the word wars and leave rumors out of it. And when I did, all the scriptures came up because they're all over the place. (laughs) So um, it's in Matthew, it's in Mark, and it's in Luke. Um, right. But the one I chose was Mark, the one in Mark 13. So if you would turn there with your Bible, that would be awesome. Okay. And um, it's all this part, if you have a red letter edition, those of you who may be new to the Lord, you don't realize that a red letter edition means that that's what Jesus actually said. Well, all of this that I'm about to read is all red. Jesus said all of this. And starting in verse, um, I'll start in verse five, actually. And Jesus answering, said, uh, answering them began to say, take heed, lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, or in other words, I'm anointed and shall deceive many. But when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be you not troubled, for these things must needs be, but the end is not yet. So what it's saying is these things have to happen. That's in plain English. In modern English, that's what he's saying. Mm -hmm. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginning of sorrows. But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up into the councils and into the synagogues. You shall be beaten, and you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. So that's verses 5 through 10. Right. Would you read that for me in yours? Sure. It says, Jesus replied, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. 
and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in many parts of the world, as well as famines. But this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. When these things begin to happen, watch out. You will be handed over to the local councils and beaten in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. For the good news must be first preached to all nations. Thank you. The world around us is in complete turmoil. It's in complete chaos. Mm -hmm. And we have systems Systems, the Babylonian system, the man-made system without God, is is falling. I don't, I don't, I have some stock, but I don't pay any attention to the stock because it was gifted to me, and I, it's just there. Yeah. But if I was going to pay attention to stock, this would not be the time to pay attention to it because I would get <laughs> discouraged. Right. Because the stock market has taken a lot of hits. I don't follow the stock market, but it's taken a lot of hits in the last couple of years, but especially in the last few months. Right. First half of this year, especially. Mm -hmm. So sure. I don't pay attention to it. It's, I know that I have stock and it's not very much, but I don't pay attention to it. It's not my source. This is a time when if you're if a person is a believer they have to decide which side they're on. And if they are a believer in the Lord, they're going to have to trust the Lord with all their heart. And mm -hmm. not to their own understanding. Right. Because our own understanding is muddled because of the things we're hearing. We don't know what's true and what isn't. That's probably the most difficult part about this i mean i'm not we can deal with with the other things that are going on um but when you are having a difficult time deciphering between what's true and what's not you know you start to wonder and i know i have i've questioned so much last few months and i was just having mm -hmm. this conversation with the lord on on the way home earlier thinking, you know, Lord, I know there's going to be in the end, there's, there's going to be this great deception and a lot of, it's going to deceive even the very elect. And, but what if it's this and not this, right? You know, we're all focusing on this one thing thinking that's that maybe that's, that's what we're going to be deceived with. And not that there's not a lot of deception in that because there is, but what if it's not that? And it's this other thing that we're all also focused on. Right. Thinking that that's, that's what we're supposed to be focused on. So it's, it's hard to tell the difference between what's, what's, what's true and what isn't. Yeah. What's true and what's, what isn't true. But, you know, sometimes even, even trying to operate in discernment is, is very difficult because you were just saying earlier, you know, you've asked the Lord about some things and he's been silent but that's that's something different for you probably but 
when I've asked the Lord some questions and he's been silent, you know, I, I start to think, you know, okay, maybe this is just one of those things, you know, that, that there's something, there's something supposed to learn, something I'm supposed to be digging into, you know, that's usually where my thought process goes. Okay. There's something more that I've got to learn and I've got to dig into it. So, um, but I'm always trying to, I'm always seeking the truth. I want the truth. That's hard to know what that is right now. It absolutely is. And I would tell you that you can, it may be that you, that you or whoever needs to dig in. But one of the things that has, that has stood very well for me over the years, Kenneth Hagen, years and years ago, when I first started, you know, First got born again, first started learning about the word. I was introduced to Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen. Uh-huh. And one of the things he said was, the Holy Spirit will guide you. The spirit of the the, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, and he will he will light your way. He said, if you ask the Lord for direction and and you are open to to correction and direction, he knows that. And if you ask him for a direction in something and he doesn't give you anything at that moment, it's because you don't need to change direction from what you're doing. Right. However, when it's time for you to move, he will tell you, okay, now go left. Now go right. Or stop. Maybe you're going in the right direction, but at that point you need to, and he'll tell you, stop. He said, he'll make it known to you because you've been listening and wanting his direction. He said, don't get get upset if you hear nothing but silence. Because he said, there are times when you don't need a direction at that moment. Right. And it's helped me a lot because I used to panic. Every time it got silent, I used to panic. (laughs) And I learned that I can't do that. And and Mm -hmm. I also learned that I'm not perfect. I will make mistakes, but God is bigger than my mistakes. Right. So I used to worry so much about failure, making them the wrong move. And I've made some big mistakes over the years, but every single time he's bigger than those mistakes. And all I have to do is go to him and say, Hey, I missed it. And he is able to maneuver me right out of that corner. Amen. I told you before, the Lord, I was in a really tough position years and years ago. And the Lord said to me, the devil thinks he has you in a corner. And I thought to myself, yeah, yeah, I am in a corner. He says, but the, but there are no corners in a round room. Yeah, that's right. And he had me out of there, out of that situation in weeks Wow. Something that looked like it was, there was no, there was no hope. Yeah. So he's able to deliver. Oh, definitely. (laughs) And this is the time when we have to know that, not just, you know, there are people out there that might say that, but they don't really know it for themselves. Mm -hmm. They've never experienced it. Right. This is, this is a perfect opportunity to experience it. If there's because ever the world, been one. <laughs> seriously, because the world has no answers. Everything they've told us, when I say they, I'm talking about people in, 
you know, strategic positions, leadership positions, people we might have looked up to at one point. Mm-hmm. Everything they told us has been a lie. Yeah. And to realize that every every year of my 21 years I've been lied to, that's not a good feeling. Right. And I went, I started thinking about it when things started to become a lie, when deception started to be more rampant. Mm-hmm. And the only person that I can think of in my family that never experienced the lie from the very beginning, from the day they were born, was my grandmother, who was born in 1998, or excuse me, 1898. She was the only one of my, of my close family that had never, that lived without that deception for some years before it started. Yeah. Yeah, well, it but it started, I think, years before that, but it was mainly over in Europe, right? And well, then it made his... its it, it made its way here in nineteen thirteen, right? And she was she was in South America, and born in eighteen ninety eight, and didn't come to the wow. the states until after World War Two. Hmm. So she, I mean, she lived through some stuff in South America because in Colombia, at that time, they were known for their coffee. Now they're known for their cartels and their, yeah. their cocaine. But at that time, they were, they were known for coffee. I mean, I know that I'm a couple of months older than you are, so you probably don't remember this. But there were, there were um, commercials um, years ago advertising Colombian coffee. Mm-hmm. And Juan Valdez, who went to the mountains of Colombia and picked the, the coffee beans himself. Right. And it was, I think it was Hills Brothers. I'm not quite sure what the brand was, whether it was Hills Brothers or whether it was uh, Maxwell House. I think it was Hills Brothers. I think. But yeah, but Juan, Juan Valdez was, he, he made Colombia, you know, a huge thing because everybody knew about the coffee. Those days are long gone. Mm-hmm. They're long gone. Right. And I have people in my family, and you do too, and I have friends besides you. I know you're, you're my favorite, but, you know, we won't tell the others. But, um, but I have friends besides you, and they're all at different places. They're all listening to different things. Yeah. And I, you know... And sometimes I, I find myself saying, Lord, what's, what's, you know, where's the truth? Where's the, the plumb line here? And the plumb line is always the word. He always goes, takes me back to the word. That's the plumb line. That's the and place we should be going. Plan. Right. And that's, he reminds me that when I start to get, you know, distracted by all this, everything that's going on or the attitudes that I'm dealing with, with different people that I either work with or I friends with or whatever. Um, John 16, when you're talking about knowing the truth, uh-huh. John 16, 13 says also in red, I should say it's also in red. How be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. Doesn't say some, doesn't say he'll pick and choose. Some truth he'll guide you into and others not so much. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, 
he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come right i think that's a good scripture to to lean on right now with all this going on around us would you read it in yours please sure it says when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth he will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. There you go. I mean, we have people in, in who don't know God who run to psychics or horoscopes to get the future. Yeah. It's lies. <laughs> you know, one of the things I posted this week, it's in the last day or two, on that platform we're both on, was how appalled I am how many people are still listening to mainstream media. And the way I put it was, I'm appalled that people are still doing this. If you had a demon manifest in front of you to, to give you a message, would you listen? No, because he's a liar. Right. Wow. So why would you listen to mainstream media when you know that it's all propaganda? Well, because there, there are still people out there, believe it or not, and what I've realized is that some of them are, are a lot of the older generation um, who, you know, they, they grew up with, with, you know, people like Walter Cronkite, and who was probably the last um, actual journalist in and existence. And David Brinkley, the two of them would come on, on at night. Yeah, walk at night, and they would they would bounce back and forth with the news, first one and then the other. Right, right. Yeah. So with that, you know, they still believe that these people would never lie. Mm -hmm. That they they would just never do that. Well, we've come to realize that that's all they do. Mm -hmm. You know, because we know who they belong to. We know who they belong to now. Right. You know, and it's not, it's very rarely is it, is it, you know, godly, you know, God, God does not seem to have a place within the media anymore. Mm -mm. Yeah. Those days of, you know, there was, there was a bank robbery at, on Pine Street branch of, you know, some of some bank. Mm -hmm. and thankfully nobody was hurt and they were able to apprehend the 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 um the robber that's yeah. the way the news was given back then right now if the person is a certain color or a certain um lifestyle it's tweaked to make that person look really good or really bad depending on which way it is right and it becomes and it becomes a mass shooting, not just not just a, a robbery at the bank, but a mass shooting. And, you know, I mean, it, it's it, yeah. it, it's so sens you know, sensationalized. Oh, and definitely. so, yeah. And so um, exaggerated, depending on which side they, they're trying to highlight. Well, a lot of it, you know, they'll just, they'll just make stuff up, you know, you just tell both face, face lies, you know, uh, about what happened and who is responsible, who is responsible. Exactly. It's just, it's, it's, there's nothing truthful 
about what you see on the news anymore. Mm-mm. So if you're still watching mainstream media, let me encourage you to stop doing that and find alternative uh, media. Sources. Yeah, sources alternative that. sources that are actually reporting what's going on. And right. they're, they're, they're rare. They're hard to find sometimes, but you know, if you're not sure where to look, um, sometimes you can't even do a Google search because they won't give you those, those particular um, URLs. Right. So I would encourage people to, you know, maybe use a different, um, use a European search yeah. engine like yeah. I'm doing now. I was going to say an alternative search engine. You can use DuckDuckGo. No, they've been bought out. They have been bought out. So they're, they're, I've noticed that they're also getting, you know, a little harder to find mm-hmm. certain types of, of, of uh, links and stuff on their, their websites. But I use one that's from Europe now because it's, it is independent. Yeah. But it has become increasingly hard. And you have to figure it's it. This is all demonically um, influenced. Mm-hmm. So because it's demonically influenced, and the people don't realize they're being used by demons. A lot of them, some of them do. Some of them have purposely been seeking de- demonic um, help. But there are people that don't realize they're being used by demons, but they are. Right. And so you're going to get things that are everything you're going to hear is going to be skewed and 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 untrue simply Mm -hmm. because it's coming from that realm right but that's where it it's it now more than ever it's so important to be able to hear the voice of the lord you know that his sheep know his voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow right so it's really important to if you don't know how to listen to, listen for God's voice, if you don't know how to determine what is right and what is wrong, the plumb line is still the word. It's still the word of God. That's right. And, I mean, I was thinking about that scripture in Habakkuk. You know, the earth should be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And I did post that scripture on that platform earlier this week and I said if you take the, if you read the word literally and take it literally as I do you recognize that it doesn't say everyone will experience the glory it says the knowledge of the glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea yeah i would not be one of, not want to be one of those people that would know about it and not be able to tap into it that's true you know, there are a lot of scriptures as well that people will use, I guess, in certain in certain ways that, that they don't realize they're talking about just the people of God. Right. You know, like, um, for example, Romans 8, 28, where it says all things work together for the good. You know, you, you hear people say that all the time. Well, God's just working it all together for my good. But what it actually says is he works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. You know, that's talking about the body of Christ. You know, it's not just anybody. And 
that's, you know, and the other thing too is even there are people that are believers who have been taught that it, it, no matter how bad it is, it's, it came from God. Yeah. That's not what it says. No. Let's turn there. I think it's a good thing to actually read what it says there. Um, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that, lo that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Could you read 28 to 31 in yours, please? Sure. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Thank you. I like yours because it's, uh, it's more clear with the modern language. Uh-huh. I like the fact that we were, he knew us before we were even on this earth. He said, the word says in Psalms that he knew us in our mother's womb. Yeah. And he had already chosen us. Now, granted, we have to make that decision to choose him and be in agreement with him. Right. But once we do that, we're his. That's right. And as long as we're purposing to to listen and do what he what he's asking us to do he's there to protect us a lot of the forces that are arrayed against us right now in the natural they don't even believe that god you know is going to do anything to them there's no sense of judgment or conviction or any of that yeah but they're coming up against the almighty God, the one and only creator. Right. And it's right. foolishness to think that you can, that the one who created everything that you can see, hear, taste, touch, and smell is not, can, does not know what you're really doing. <laughs> <laughs> and is going to stand for you doing whatever you, you please especially in, in light of how many of God's people have been hurt through all of this. Right. I think that's the most difficult thing for me to wrap my head around and grasp is that, you know, even through the, just, just the number of people who have been hurt and continue to be hurt and those that we have unfortunately lost, you know, due to everything that's happening in the earth today. And I think that's, excuse me. 
that's really the the most heart-wrenching thing for me i don't want anyone to lose their lives especially if they they don't know the lord and for the last two years every person that i have heard of who has passed um the only thing that i i i can i can think sometimes is gosh i hope they knew jesus mm-hmm. and there's a lot of them i know didn't and don't right. And that, that breaks my heart, but I really, every time I hear somebody's passing, I'm just like, I hope, I really pray they knew Jesus. Yeah. I don't, I don't think about that too much because I have heard stories. I heard it from Kenneth Hagen, uh, Kenneth E. Hagen first, mm-hmm. but because he has a mini book called I Went to Hell and the Lord took him to, he, he was, he was not born again at that point. And he started to die and the Lord snatched him back from hell three times. And then he realized that hell was real. Mm -hmm. And he made that commitment to the Lord in the midst of all that. And he, but he's, he got to see that hell is real. So he was, he was so close. He could actually smell the odors and feel and feel the, the heat and see the smoke. That's how close he got the third time. Right. So I so knowing that he was able to in that moment say, Lord, I give you my life, you know. <laughs> Take Jesus, protect me. Now, I don't remember exactly how he said it, but it was something very quick. Yeah. So because of that, and he's not the only one I've heard stories like that about. Because of that, I always think to myself, although we don't know we know the person didn't live a godly life, we don't know that in that last moment, whether they realize where they were headed and and said lord save me yeah yeah that's true because maybe they did we don't know that there's always that possibility i mean i'm not discounting that at all and right that's that's my prayer is that you know they did do they did do that um but I've, i've also heard those those stories of of people being you know near death experiences and being dragged down into hell and and feeling the torture and there's a book that i read I, w- I don't know if i still have it i probably do somewhere um about a woman who i want to say she wasn't she wasn't near death or anything but she was just praying and for 28 days the lord took her into the bowels of hell during her prayer time and Every day for 28 days? For what? I'm sorry. Was it every day for 28 days that she went to hell? I think so. Wow. (laughs) I believe so. Because it's, I have to, gosh, I have to find this book. Because you know that I'm just a book nerd and I read a lot (laughs) of books. And that was one of them that I read. And I can't even remember the name of it. But she, for, I think, I believe it was for 28 days. You know, every night for 28 days, she went down. He took her down there. And he showed her the different caverns and he said, she, I remember this, that she's talked about that the cab, it was shaped like a human body, you know? Really? Yeah. And he took her through these, these different caverns throughout this human body shaped cavern, you know, the stomach and the, the arms and the legs and the head and, you know, showed her different things. And 
she would come back and, and remember those things and, and start telling people about them, I believe. But she, she would say that, that, that there were people down there who had claimed to be Christians. They were Christians here on earth, but they were in hell because of, of certain things. Like maybe there was one woman who was a pastor's wife. I remember this story. And I know we're getting a little off topic, but this is just no, that's okay. This is an interesting story, but um, there was a pastor's wife that she saw in hell who was just being tortured constantly and screaming to get out, wanting to be out. And the thing of it was, was she had harbored unforgiveness in her heart towards her husband because he had had an affair. He was a pastor, but he'd had an affair and she never forgave him for that. So she was in the bowels of hell during this woman's trip or being taken down into hell by, by Jesus. And he had showed her all these different people, showed her all these different people. And, and that was one of them that, you know, really driving home that you have to forgive people. Right. So well, the word says, if you don't forgive, I can't forgive you. I won't forgive you. Right. You know, that's the, that's the, it's biblical. <laughs> yeah. If I ever find that book, I, I'm sure, because I've got boxes and boxes of books that I packed up and I'm sure it's in one of those, but if I ever find it, I'll tell you what it is. And, yeah. you know, just, you'll, you have to, you'll read have to it. come back on the podcast and say, Hey, I found that book. We were talking right. About. It's, it's yeah. really, it's such a good book because it's, it's very descriptive of the things that happen in hell. And it was enough for me to say, I don't want to be there. <laughs> Yeah, and I before I knew better, I would I used to joke about it and say, "Well, I'm just gonna go to hell and party hardy with my friends." Yeah, you know, I don't want to be there now. Mm -hmm. And there's no party going on there. No, whatsoever. <laughs> Not at all. That that shows you how scripturally illiterate I was at that yeah. point in my life. That's right. But we really are. It's really not off topic because the thing of it is, is now more than ever, it is so important to make sure that we're listening to the Lord. We're following him. If you don't know the Lord, all you do is say, Jesus, take my life and do something with it. That's, that's all that, that was said by one of the, the ministers I used to listen to a lot. That's all that she said was, Lord, take my life and do something with it. Right. It doesn't have to be any big deal. But yeah. it, but that decision changed everything for her and for untold numbers of people who right. listened to her the years that she ministered. So mm -hmm. it is a life-changing event to know Jesus. Well, it's, it's supposed to be. It is. And if it's, if it hasn't changed you in some way, shape or form, then maybe you're not doing it right. <laughs> you know, it's like maybe you haven't really committed. Yeah. Because he will, he will change it. He's, he's a master at making, taking messes and turning them into masterpieces. Yeah. He's really good at that. Well, if he can do it for me, he can do it for anybody because I, you know, you, you, I think it's Paul in the, in the gospels who are not in the gospel, but in the new Testament, who said that um, he considers himself to be the worst sinner. 
you know, and I, yeah, and I, I'm like, I, I understand exactly where he, how he felt that and why he felt that. I mean, he did some atrocities that I would never dream about doing, you know, um, but still there are times that I feel like I'm just the absolute worst sinner for the things that I did in my past, you know, some of the but things that, that I've done in my past, you know, but I, but God is so graceful and he's, he's so merciful. Yeah. And, and that's, that Cheryl doesn't exist anymore. That's right. But that's still, that's still the Cheryl that some people know. Mm-hmm. And they think that's still me. And it's, it's absolutely not 100% not me anymore. I don't even know who that person is anymore. That person doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned. Right. They don't. And as far and as God's mean, concerned. As far as God's concerned, he's the only one that matters. Yeah. Really and truly. I mean, you know, everybody, opinions are like noses. Everyone has one. Right. You know, and people will, they, I, for years, I was raised in a household where, what are other people going to think? What are they going to think? What are they going to think? And it took me years to get over that and realize whatever, when, if someone's going to judge me a certain way, no matter what I say or do, it's not going to change their judgment. If they've made up their mind that they don't like me <laughs> for whatever reason, mm-hmm. they're never going to change their mind. So right. why, try to ma- why try to make them like me? That's right. And I used to spend a lot of time trying to get people to like me. And I finally was delivered from that. Thank God. <laughs> because not, I'm not for everybody. That's right. I understand. Yeah. I'm not for everybody. Nobody is for everybody if, they, if they're honest with themselves. That's true. That's true. I think I've said that many times. And, you know, I'm, I'm not for everybody. Either you like me or you don't. There's really no in between. <laughs> so I, I think in some cases I'm an acquired case. It depends on the person. But, yeah, you know, but it's I. There's too much going on. There's too much ahead of us. There's too much that needs to be done before Jesus comes back and takes us all away. Right. And I don't have time to to, to worry about what other people are thinking about me. <laughs> I'm more concerned about completing my assignment than I am anything else. Well, that's where we need to, we need to put our focus, you know, Mm -hmm. doing what he's called us to do. Did I share that word with you from um, Robin Bullock about when is the, when is the church going to take up its, the sword? Yeah. Yeah. Did you finish that video? Did you watch all of it? I did. I did. It took me. It took me two sessions to finish it, but I did finish it. It was good, huh? It was very good because it's absolutely true. We have, we have all the authority, and there are people still. You know, I had somebody on that platform say to me, "Well, I'm, I've been praying about, you know, about taking authority." I said, "Don't pray about. It. Just do it. You know, do right. it. Do what the word says. Do." And I gave a couple of scriptures and. The person came back and said, oh, my goodness, that was so powerful. I'd have to go. I'm going to have to go look at your books is what the person said. So but what, why do you have to pray about taking authority? You know, you, you don't they, have to ask God's permission because people have been wrongly taught in church. Well, that, they true. Have, that God's the one who does it. Ah, well, that's true. They, yeah. And that's I think that's where that person was coming from. And I said, no. The word says you do it. 
whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. Whatever you allow is allowed. Whatever you disallow is disallowed. Right. You do it. And the Lord gave me the words for, for that for that person. And she immediately came back and within, you know, 30 seconds and said, that was so powerful. I need to go look at your books. I said, there's a lot of free resources on my website and a lot of things that you can, you know, feel free to spend time there. Right. But, um, but yeah, and I told her, I said, my desire for everyone is that they walk free. That's my desire. Right. I can't, I can't stand the thought I, the Lord's given me. I think I may have shared this with you off the podcast. I don't think I've ever shared it on the podcast. But the Lord has allowed me to see into the spirit realm more than once. Mm-hmm. And when I've, I've seen both sides. And the demonic is so disgusting. And all I, when I think about what I've seen in, as far as the demonic side, I don't want anybody to be trapped with those spirits. Right. They're contingent following them everywhere and, and whispering in their ear all the time and leading around like a like a a cow with a ring in his nose. You know, right. I don't want that. I want the person to be free. Absolutely. The, to be free, to be exactly who God has created them to be, who God designed them to become. That's why I do all this. Yeah. It's to see people be free. Well, that's also, that's also, you know, the desire of my heart as well, you know, because, you know, you and I have both gone through deliverance. Right. And it's like night and day, you know, when, before you go through deliverance, you know, you, you're going through life thinking that this, this is just normal stuff. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be that you feel heavy and burdened all the time. Right. But then you go through deliverance and, you get you get free from those those depressed oppressive and and demonic entities that have controlled you your entire life and you just didn't know it mm-hmm. but you finally get free from them and it's a whole new ball game i mean it really just you know talking about you know number 1 you just feel lighter mm-hmm. physically you feel lighter i did mm-hmm. I did too. Um, and the other thing that I noticed was all of a sudden the world was brighter. Yeah. It was like there was, I didn't know until it was gone, but it was like a fog had lifted. Exactly. That's exactly what happens. I mean, I, I remember, I mean, your, your deliverance was, was way different than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever shared your story about it, but I'll just, I'll share mine really quickly. As quickly as I can. Yeah, um, that's fine. I'm 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 not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, I went. To, it was a normal Sunday night. I remember the date precisely: April twentieth, nineteen ninety-seven. I went to church that night, and before at the end of the service, huh? Before you were born, since you're twenty-one. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, all before, that. but. <laughs> Uh, we, we had come to the end of the service and the pastor gave an altar call. You know, if you'd like some prayer, just come up to the front and I'll pray for you. 
So I turned to my friend who had gone to church with that night and I said, will you go up there with me? Cause I didn't want to go by myself. Mm-hmm. And she said, sure. And there weren't a whole lot of people that, that had come to church that night. There'd been, you know, a handful. So I went up for prayer and the next thing I know is I had just been slain in the spirit and I was on the floor. And I remember thinking, this is weird. You know, this, this feels weird (laughs) and I can't really describe it, but it just felt weird. It felt like a a very light sleep, but it was, it was, it was nice, but it was weird. Um, And I, I could hear what was going on around me. I was fully aware of everything that was going on around me. I could hear my pastor praying over me. I could hear the casting out of spirits. Um, when somebody touched me and was praying over me, I, I could feel it. I was aware of it. I knew everything that was going on. I wanted to get up off the floor because I thought I, I, I kept thinking to myself, I must look like some kind of idiot down here. I, I feel so ridiculous. I, I want to get up off this floor, but I could not move. Right. You know, I, it's like they were just, the Holy spirit was just holding me there because of what was about to happen and what was happening at that time, the deliverance itself. Right. So we get, we finally, I get delivered of all these different spirits. Some of them I didn't even know I had, but at the end of it, you know, I, I finally sat up on the floor and I was just sitting there. What seemed like maybe 20 or 30 minutes to me had been an hour and a half. So there was an hour and a half of of deliverance that had happened that night, but I was sitting there on the floor and I sat up and every muscle in my body hurt. My rib cage was aching. And I felt like I'd been beat up. And I was telling my pastor about it. I said, I really feel like I've been in a fight. And he's like, you have, you know, it was a fight for your soul. That night. And, you know, he said those demons were holding on for everything that with everything that they could, you know, so naturally, when they're moving from part to part of your body, you know, and they're fighting the way that they were to hang on and to stay there. You know, yeah, it it was a physical thing that was happening. You know, I I really felt like I'd, I'd been in a fight or hit by a truck. And I felt that way for a couple of days. I was sore. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I also felt, I immediately felt different. Right. I immediately felt lighter, you know, physically lighter. Right. I felt more clear in my head and my thinking. Mm-hmm. It was just the most amazing thing that could have happened to me. So... Even though it was, it's it's a different experience for everybody. You know, it's it's probably the best experience, one of the best experiences I could have ever had. Yeah, and it's and nothing says that it can't take place between you and God alone, right? Because that's how my my deliverance was done with me and God alone. Yeah, I needed help from from people around me. I knew I needed help. I didn't know what I needed. I didn't know how to ask for what I needed. Mm -hmm. But I remember telling more than one person at my church, something isn't right. 
it's like something's out of out of whack or off, off balance and mm-hmm. nobody knew what I was talking about and the Lord led me to the Christian bookstore and led me to a specific book written by someone who had been involved in the occult and I'm like okay why am I reading this book but I really felt strongly that I need to buy the book and got three two-thirds of the way through and it was okay for those of you who need deliverance you and the Lord can do this and I just followed the steps yeah and nobody but the Lord was there Mm -hmm. nobody needed to be there and nobody knew that what had happened except the Lord and myself right so you know it doesn't it God is not limited to having people that understand deliverance to help somebody Right. Because in my case, I had nobody <laughs> to, to understand, to help me. Yeah. And deliverance isn't necessarily a one-time thing because years and years and years later, when I was living in Texas, which was just a few years ago, six, but probably six or seven years ago is when it happened. And I was feeling very oppressed. I was getting ready for work and I was feeling very oppressed and I was in the kitchen making something to eat for breakfast and I started praying, I took communion and started praying and saw this black cloud leave my body and go up in the, in the ceiling and disappear and I felt completely different when that happened and I said Lord what was that, he doesn't matter he's gone, he's not coming back wow so the Lord is not limited. We serve an unlimited God. And it's right. time for us to, to reach out and expect him to do unlimited things through us. Because yeah. he, we are part of the body. We are. Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren. Well, you and I are one of those other brethren. That's right. So it's, it's time for us to stand up and be who we were called to be. All of us. So I'm going to, we're going to unhook here. I think we've given everybody a lot to think about. (laughs) Um, I will remind you that you can go to VivianLMiller.com. There are a lot of free resources on my website. There's a blog post on there. There are books available if you choose to buy the books. But I encourage you to be all the, step, take your place. Be all that you can be in the Lord because he has great things for you. And this is the time for him to shine. His glory is about ready to be revealed in the earth. And I intend to be a a very viable part of his glory when it takes place. And there's nothing says you can't be a part of that as well. So until next time, be courageous. Walk by faith. Be victorious and defeat the darkness.